Welcome to Skin Deep with Glymed Plus. In today's episode, we're talking about understanding acne with Crystal O'Reilly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Sarah Robbins. I'm the Director of Education here at Glymed Plus, and I'm joined today by two amazing estheticians. I have our education ambassador with us. Hi, my name is Addison. I'm the education ambassador here at Glymed Plus, and I have been using Glymed for about four years now. And we love having Addie. And we have a very special guest with us today who I would call a close friend, but also a bomb esthetician. And her name is Crystal. Crystal, do you want to take a few seconds and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. So I'm Crystal O'Reilly also known as Crystal Aesthetics on the old gram. I started my own practice as a solo esthetician in 2018. And that's also when I jumped on the Glymed train was I think later in 2018. So I'm practicing in Vancouver, Washington and just trying to live my best little solo SD life. And you're killing it, I would say. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're doing a great job, Crystal. Um, Okay, so kind of start off the podcast, Crystal, I always ask everyone, what is your favorite treatment? Oh my gosh, I feel like that's always such a loaded question, because that's one of the perks I would say as a solo esthetician is you only do your favorite treatments all the time. But definitely, I would say superficial peels are my go to for almost everybody. There's so many things you can target with a good peel, whether it's acne or texture or epidermal hydration or just giving you an instant glow up and you just can't go wrong with a good peel. Mm-hmm. Crystal, do you have a favorite peel? Oxygen peel all the way. That one's so good. It's just so versatile. I feel like, you know, do multiple layers with it. It's just, and it's good for everybody. And I love it so much. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I love too, is really everyone can benefit from oxygen. And I love that you said superficial pills because normally when we hear chemical pill, we think we have to go like so aggressive, so hardcore, and that's not the case. You can do a very superficial or superficial chemical pill and have very little downtime and your client doesn't even know they even had a chemical pill. So I love that that was your answer for that. I actually, in my practice on my menu, I call my superficial peels, baby peels, Because I feel like it really sets the precedent that like, this is, it's not going to be intense, you know, like there's not going to be downtime. You could go back to work that that same day if you wanted to, like, this is the baby starter version of a chemical peel. Mm -hmm. And also in the state of Washington, I am a licensed esthetician and there are also master estheticians. I believe it's the same in Utah as well. Mm -hmm. So in my scope, I can't do medium depth peels as a licensed esthetician. So superficial is my go-to and you can just achieve so much, even with very to very superficial to superficial peels alone. Yeah. There's a time and a place for a medium depth pill, but you can still get amazing results with your very superficial and superficial. So I just love that you said that honestly, it made my heart so happy right? Just give me a baby peel all day, every day. 
Love it. And we really should be doing some version of that in every treatment, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Crystal, I am curious. So when it comes to explaining pills to your clients, because I feel like a lot of clients will come to you with photos they've seen of people who have gotten medium depth pills. So how do you go about kind of explaining to them the difference between the type of flaking or peeling they might experience with a superficial pill? So I always use the snake analogy. If we're doing a baby peel, I'm going to be like, don't worry, you are not going to be a snake <laughs> with this peel. I always explain that with the very superficial to superficial peels, all of the quote unquote peeling is actually microscopic. So you're not even gonna see it happening. It's just gonna trigger that response in the skin. So you're getting all the benefits of a peel without actually peeling. I love that explanation because I feel like some people think that they have to visibly have that snake peeling for it to be working. Oh, hundred percent. I, you know, it makes a good photo on social media. And I think that's what everyone thinks of when they see a peel or hear peel. But I love talking to my clients about the benefits of a superficial peel, because not only can you do them more regularly, but they're summer safe. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have any like modalities that you like to use with your superficial peels? I almost always include some type of LED with my peels. After a superficial peel, I will put them under my Saluma panel, either on the blue mode or the red mode to help calm any inflammation that is occurring in the skin and also just to get that collagen proliferation started. So it boosts the effect of the superficial peel, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I love that. We love a good LED light for sure. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later today as well. So Crystal, so knowledgeable, so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. It's my pleasure. And, um, I, the real reason I wanted to have you come on today is because I think you are such an expert on acne. And I know this is the one skin condition that so many estheticians are hyper-focused on. We have a lot of acne clients. I don't think there's one esthetician that doesn't get an acne client. And so I really wanted to bring you on today to share your tips and tricks and your knowledge on this skin condition. And I don't think there's a better place to start other than talking about your favorite subject with acne. And that is acne is a genetic disorder, not necessarily a hygiene disorder. So do you kind of want to jump into that and share what you mean when you're talking about acne is genetic? Yes. Oh my God. I will die on this hill that acne is not a hygiene issue. I feel like that's such a widespread myth that if you have acne, you are dirty and you don't wash your face. And it's like, that's not what's happening here. So I love being able to educate my clients on the fact that acne is actually a genetic predisposition. It's not because you're washing your face incorrectly or you have bangs or you play sports, you know, it has nothing to do with hygiene. So I think one of the most common misconceptions about acne is that genetic predisposition. And really it's triggered by something that's called retention hyperkeratosis, just to make it a real mouthful and real complicated. Retention hyperkeratosis is a Honestly, if you have acne, you probably don't find it fascinating. I have acne and I do find this process fascinating. So your skin naturally sheds dead cells daily, right? Like your skin is super smart. It has all these processes that it 
takes care of on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Like your skin's truly doing its best every day. And in a perfect world with no problems, AKA those normal skin types out there must be nice. <laughs> there is that natural shedding process that happens every single day. And there is no acne occurring in the quote unquote normal skin. In acne prone skins that are uh, predisposed to this retention hyperkeratosis, you're dealing with not only an increased production of keratinocytes, which are living cells that produce keratin. Mm -hmm. So when the keratinocytes produce keratin, they then will turn into like dead cells filled with keratin protein. So you have all these keratinocytes that are being created and in normal skins, it's fine. They're able to just kind of slough off normally. And in an acne prone skin, you are actually creating keratinocytes four to five times the normal rate of a non-acne prone skin. Oh, wow. So not only are you dealing with this overproduction of these keratinocytes, but that shedding process that I was explaining earlier, there's just no balance. You have all these cells being overproduced and they're trying to shed all those dead cells at the same time down inside the follicle. So it's really just kind of a big old mess down in there um, and then that's what creates those cute little impactions that we know as acne. Truly, you are genetically predisposed to have that retention hyperkeratosis. Yeah, and that is why acne is such a hard skin condition to care for. It's manageable, but I think this is something that you do such a great job, Crystal, of talking about is that skin is skin. It's not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be a filter and you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And that's just part of skin. Mm -hmm. Totally yeah. agree. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like when I said your skin is doing its best, truly like it's an organ, right? It's so complex. There's all these internal factors at play. So yes, your acne can be managed, but it's just never going to be treated. And you kind of have to just come to like a moment with that of understanding. Yeah. And I would say, I love that you said it's an organ and I think it's one of the most complex organs of the body. Uh, she's dramatic for sure. <laughs> <laughs> truth. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, so I know you have like a fun fact. You always like to share with everyone about acne. I discovered this in an amazing book that I have called Acne Rx, written by Dr. James Fulton. Um, if you do not own this book as an esthetician, it's kind of hard to find. So it's like the holy grail of books to find it. But if you can get your hands on it, I highly, highly recommend it. And one of the chapters about acne and how acne forms, he just threw in this little fun fact about how, so the medical term for an acne infection is a comido. Mm -hmm. And in Latin, that actually means fat maggot, oh. which no. is so foul, but apparently early physicians actually believed that maggots were under the skin feeding on the abundant oils, creating those impactions. No, no. If that no. doesn't ruin your day, I don't know what will. That just makes my skin crawl even thinking that literally Addison I'm right there with you I'm like no 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 but that is really interesting I I mean that's a fantastic like jeopardy trivia thing to just file away so maybe you can win a bunch of money off of it one day but <laughs> fun fact for sure honestly that made my whole day 
either ruined it or brightened it either way <laughs> both I feel like I might have a few disturbing nightmares tonight but I'm also really grateful that I know that now you are welcome so um Crystal you would say that acne is not just a superficial condition then right no not at all that's another thing I really go into detail with my clients I mean of course I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I'm just a licensed esthetician, but I do still feel that it's really important on our end to educate our clients about how acne is a full body condition. Like this is not something that is going to just be managed topically with products, your lifestyle habits, and especially your gut health really play a big part in the health of your skin in general, not just with acne, but especially in acne prone skins. Fully makes sense because I feel like what you put into your body definitely reflects through our skin. You know, I know when I'm eating tons of junk food, my skin doesn't, it tends to not look at its best. Right. And you probably don't feel your best either. Right. So if you ever want to nerd out like I do, because that's what I do for fun. If you Google the gut skin axis, it's actually a really interesting studies that have been done that specifically link our gut health, like the microbiome of our gut health, directly to our skin and what uh, manifests physically on our skin. So definitely they play a role with each other because again, your skin is an organ. So it's gonna be affected by what you're putting into your body. Well, I feel like all our organs are affected by what we put into our body, you know? So that only makes sense. A hundred percent. And I, there's, the gut is often referred to as like a second brain. And there's a lot that is believed that diseases and disorders and a lot of things actually start in the gut. And it would make sense that it ties so tightly to the skin. And I, Crystal, I love that you also talk about this because even though we're not nutritionists, not all of us, we can still have that conversation. And I think when we we have acne or our clients have acne. It does take a hit on our self-esteem. And we're going to talk about self-worth here in a little bit. Um, but also when we're not feeling comfortable and confident or we're feeling insecure, I think a lot of us turn to food for comfort as well. And so just making sure that we're like empowering our clients and kind of letting them know some ways to handle that. Do you have anything that you like to share with your clients as far as that goes? So I do like to talk about different ways to approach how they think about their skin. Um, when it comes to more internal support, I actually refer a ton of my clients out um, either to functional medicine practitioners or naturopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can get that internal support that they need as far as their gut goes. But I do think it's really important to also kind of touch on mental health a little bit too, as far as different things you can try every day to implement, to view your skin and your acne, if that's what you're dealing with in a certain way. So it's not always so negative. I think it's important to talk kind to ourselves as well. Yes. Be nice. Like you don't like it when people are rude to you. So don't be rude to yourself. There's been such a huge shift in the aesthetic industry I've seen such a big movement with talking kindly to ourselves. I know there's so many cute estheticians on Instagram. Alyssa is one of them. She has like merchandise that says I have acne and I'm cute. And I just think we definitely are doing a better job of using more positive words when talking about our skin and ourself. And I think all of that goes a long way. So I love that is something that you do with your clients as well. 
Mm -hmm. Also, I definitely own that sweatshirt (laughs) and I get comments on it all the time because people are like, what does that say? And I'm like, uh, I have acne and I am really cute. It's something I try to really instill in my clients as well. I feel like that's amazing because self-care really does go outside of just like washing your face. It, It really does go within as well with your mental health and how you view yourself. It truly does. Like how you think about your skin and yourself really does kind of affect how you carry yourself throughout the day, what you see when you look in the mirror. And I think it's important to talk to your clients about things that they can try to implement. Even if it's just literally take a little post-it note and put it on your mirror and just be like, you look really good today. You know, something you can see and be like, you know, I do look really good today. Yes. I love that. Put them all over, put them in your fridge, put them everywhere. So you're constantly reminding yourself how wonderful you are. Yeah. And if anyone lives with you, they're going to think you're a little bit crazy, but it's not <laughs> like, maybe it will help them <laughs> reminder too. <laughs> yes. Even if you don't have acne, I feel like that's just so beneficial for everyone. Yeah. We all need a good pep talk every now and then, even if it's from ourselves, especially if it's from ourselves. Yes. So going into this a little bit further, um, Crystal, let's talk about some of your favorite acne treatments. And so maybe touch on a few of the treatments you like to do, and then maybe some of your favorite ingredients to incorporate in those treatments. So generally when I have a new client coming in who is dealing with acne, my first thing that I really want to start doing in the treatment room is to target that active inflammation but I don't wanna go too hard or too aggressive too quickly because the skin is already irritated, right? It's already inflamed. So I really wanna start with, again, some superficial peels, baby peels to help gently exfoliate the skin, oxygenate the skin. So the oxygen peel is one of my go-to favorites Mm -hmm. for my acne clients to get started on a treatment program. So, Usually oxygen peel followed with some red LED and then lots and lots of calming towards the end of the treatment with the skinless hydrating mask. Um, Sometimes even like the restorative clarifying skin mask. Uh, It's got a little bit of that clay in there, but you're still getting the hydration. So I like to keep it again on the gentler side in the beginning because I don't want to piss the skin off even more. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. part of the inflammation first with superficial peels and LED, and then you can go into the more intensive treatments once that real intense inflammation has been calmed down. Mm -hmm. Krista, I love that you said that you like to target the inflammation first. I feel like that's so important. Are there what do you like to recommend home care wise while you're in the kind of beginning stages of helping that inflammation? I think it's important to, you really want to target the inflammation as in like that red, just irritated, swollen impactions of the skin, but you also want to work on that barrier function in the skin as well. So when I'm targeting inflammation first with home care, I always, always include some type of hydrating or calming products. The fulvic acid or the fulvic elixir, I'm sorry, is one of my go-to fulvic elixir or the living cell clarifier combo together. And then I'll usually pick one very targeted anti-inflammatory product like the benzoyl peroxide in the skin med number five 
maybe the skin gel. So they have a little bit of the antibacterial and anti-inflammatory benefits. So it's truly gonna depend on each client, but I think it's so important to, if you're gonna target that inflammation with actives, you also have to have like calming, hydrating ingredients as well. I love that you focus on like calming and building the skin barrier because I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to acne, they think they just need to like hit it hard and dry everything out. And that's almost more damaging to that skin barrier. So I like that you said that, that you like to focus on building that back up. Well, that brings me back into my in-clinic treatments because drying out the skin is truly the worst thing you can do for acne. I always like to give the metaphor of um, you're like a car to my clients. So for example, when you don't have enough water in that cute little reservoir in your car, it's gonna overheat and stop running, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have enough hydration in your skin, it's the same way. If you don't have that water content, then your skin can't do its job. It can't run effectively if you're just drying it, drying it, drying it. So I also feel like it happens with extractions as well in the treatment room. I have a very, I feel like, unique school of thought about extractions. There's probably a ton of estheticians who are not going to agree with me on this. Um, but in the beginning, when the skin is overly inflamed, especially, I really don't do a ton of extractions. I feel like the skin is already compromised. It's already, that barrier is already impaired. Going in and just trying to traumatize the skin and squeeze out every little impacted follicle, in my opinion, does more harm than good. I would much rather when they're in my care in the treatment room, care for that barrier and treat the barrier with respect rather than spanking it when it misbehaves, you know? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I, Krista, I love that. I think that's such a unique approach and it makes total sense right? Because you have millions of cells in one square inch. And if you are doing extractions, you are putting pressure and moving and you could even make issues worse. And so I could understand why you want the, bo the body to naturally take care of that rather than create more trauma. And I love that you do that. Right. And I'm not saying that extractions don't have their place because they a hundred percent do. And I know that all y'all out there are like extraction fiends and those videos just like do weird things to estheticians. <laughs> and I am on board for that. But for me personally, I will really only extract what's absolutely necessary. Like if they have a really enlarged uh, follicle, like you've got a large pustule with that big old pussy knob on it. I feel like lance it, drain it. So that way that follicle wall can bounce back and you have um, less chance of scarring or PIE afterwards. Um, but if it's a ton of papules or even like closed comedones, I just feel like if you give the skin the nutrients and the tools that it needs, it will ameliorate itself. I think that's smart advice and very sound advice. And I hope everyone listens to that because I think as estheticians, we can overdo it with extractions and we end up making more of a mess than doing actual good. Absolutely. So Crystal, as far as, um, like you said, PIE and PIH, why don't you talk a little bit about 
when you like to start working on that specifically with your clients? Is it, when do you start to target that? Because we kind of have to get the skin under control before we can start doing that. Right. Right. So when you have, when you're targeting that inflammation first, that's why you want to target it first is because the longer that skin remains inflamed and those lesions remain inflamed, you are more likely to have scarring, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or erythema afterwards. So you really want to target that inflammation first, get everything nice and calm. And then I like to go in and, um, really hit the skin a little bit harder, potentially with microneedling once there's no active acne, because you can really start to work on that texture or if there's any of that pitted scarring or rolling scars. And then also a little bit deeper peels. Like I said, I can't do medium peels technically, but you can utilize your superficial peels in different ways, like with the vitamin A peel and the TCA 15% to really start to improve that pigmentation or even the red marks left behind by acne. Both of those are fantastic for PIE and PIH for sure. Cause they help with pigment in the skin already. Um, Crystal, quick question. What are your thoughts on salicylic or Jesner peels? How do you, how do you use them? Do you like them? So I honestly almost never use them in my practice personally. Like I've slapped a Jessner on myself a couple times just because, you know, you want to, you want to know how things feel on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do always want to make sure that I'm like creating the best and safest pro- uh, treatments for my clients. Um, and then especially if you have someone with a deeper fits, you don't want to throw a sal or a Jessner on them. So I always try to defer to the colorblind peels, like the lactics and the TCAs when I'm using chemical peels. Brilliant. I feel like I totally agree with you. I rarely reach for sal and Jessners and I'm always blown away with how popular they are in the industry. I'm like, Great. I don't get it. I mean, I don't agree. get me wrong. I have spot treated with the cell 20 peel you guys have mm-hmm. and some of my lighter fits, but I've, ne- I don't full face with it literally ever. So yeah. Time and place. Like, of course I still think they're beneficial, but I just, I feel like they're used all the time and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just feel like there are better peels for better results for certain things. So I just was curious what you were, th- what you thought. I definitely feel like they've been around for a while. You know, people probably feel like they're the go-to peels for acne and inflammation. And it's like, no, we've made lots of strides with chemical peels over the past several years. And like, I'll take a good lactic over a cell any day. Oh, yes, I agree. Crystal, I am curious. So when it comes to treating your acne clients, you've you know, and their skin is kind of getting to a point of where they're feeling happy with it. Do you have tips for maintaining those results? Yes. So first of all, if I catch you slipping on your sunscreen, I will come for you and your whole family because you are not going to maintain anything if you're not wearing your sunscreen regularly. Um, But honestly, whatever treatment program we have come up with, I have to, I always reinforce, you have to continue to do your home care like you always have done. Like if you start to feel like your skin is getting really good, maybe you start falling asleep without washing your face more often, or, you know, you skip your retinol more often than you normally do because you're getting complacent, you know, 
again, acne has to be managed all the time. Like this is a lifelong lifestyle. It's not gonna just magically go away and stay away if you stop treating your skin at home. Yeah, it's definitely a commitment for sure. Yeah, there's no one and done with acne. No, never. There's never a one and done. And, you know, it's just like when you're getting into shape, you know, if you work with a personal trainer, you go in really hard, you do all your your one-on-one exercises, and then you start eating better at home, you're getting results. So what happens when you stop, you know, eating well and doing your workouts? You're gonna lose those results that you put in all that hard work for. So you have to have to always keep up with your home care if you wanna maintain those results. Right. I love that you said too, how much you stress the sunscreen, because I feel like there's this terrible myth out there that the sun is going to like help clear up acne when really it just kind of masks it a little bit, you know, but really you're just creating more inflammation in the skin. Oh my God. If you could see the depth of my eye roll, when I hear people say that they tan because it helps their acne, like (laughs) it's truly like, I, I probably won't have eyes left because of how deep that eye roll is, but also it comes down to, it's just misinformation, right? Like as an esthetician now, I know better, but when you're not an esthetician, you do hear these things, whether it's through the grapevine on the internet and people are under the assumption that if you have a tan or if you go tanning, it quote unquote dries up your acne. But what's actually happening is you're damaging your skin and it's camouflaging the acne with a tan. Right. Well, and I feel like too, when we have acne, we're almost so like just desperate to find anything that will help get rid of it, that we're willing to try anything. I mean, before I was an esthetician, the things that I've tried on breakouts is a little bit embarrassing. (laughs) I mean, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by baking soda on the face, because it's me. Like I also, when I was suffering with acne at my worst was just kind of looking up all the DIY things and following Mm -hmm. all the influencers advice because I was desperate. So I understand that desperation. And I feel like it's now my job as an esthetician to really educate my clients. So they don't fall into those desperate measures. For sure. Well, and I love that you stress the importance of home care because that really is where clients are going to see the biggest change in their skin. Um, But I know home care can be really intimidating, especially to new clients or younger clients. Um, Crystal, how do you like to ease your clients into home care? I have the rule that simple is always best, especially when you're first implementing home care to your clients. I feel like if you send them home with a 12 step acne program, they're going to panic and they're going to go home and eat a bag of Cheetos and, you know, sit and blankly watch the TV and they're never going to do their routine because it's overwhelming for them. So I always feel like focus on get them a good cleanser, get them some topical hydration. Like I personally, again, love that fulvic elixir and the skin recovery mist one active to start. So you really need to keep in mind your client's skin type, whether they have dry skin with acne or oily skin with acne. So that active is going to change depending on your client. Maybe it's a retinol, maybe it's a alpha hydroxy acid, but just the one active and then a moisturizer and sunscreen and that's it. 
So it's truly like a four-step routine, five with the sunscreen in the morning to help them adjust to even having a home care routine in the first place. I love that. And I agree that simple is best because I think four steps is such a good place to start. I mean, I know for me personally, when I was a teenager, proactive was like the thing and it was four steps. And I was like, wait, I have to do four things on my skin, which now it's like a breeze, right? Right. But for sure, when you don't have a routine, you're just like four steps. I mean, that's four too many, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it is important not to over because they're already feeling overwhelmed by the acne. That's why they came to see you. I feel like by helping them understand that they can have a simple routine at first, that they're going to be more receptive to wanting to do their home care. In addition to their home care, how often do you like them to come in? Cause I know when we are caring for acne, we do need to stay on top of it until we can get it to a clearer state. And then we can start to space out more, but do you have like a recommendation for how often you'd like to see them? Yeah. So in the beginning, when we're kind of getting a client started on an acne treatment program, I prefer to see them every two to three weeks if they can make that happen, because that way I want to see their skin in person. I want to talk to them about, you know, if they've made any lifestyle adjustments, if they have been keeping up with their routine and just physically see how their skin is responding to that initial home care routine that we've set up and then make adjustments as necessary at that two to three week mark. I think that's so important. And do you find that your clients are really good about keeping their appointments and coming in? In the beginning, no. Like when I first started as an esthetician, because I really didn't set those boundaries hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I am what I call lovingly mean to my clients. So I really tell them if it's a new client who's coming in for acne treatment and consultation, I lay it out for them in the beginning. Like you're going to be coming in every two to three weeks to start out. And if you can't make that commitment, then maybe I'm not the esthetician for you right now. As you should set boundaries, Crystal. I love that you said that friendly, but firm. You need to set expectations And this is a business and also your clients need to be committed because if they're not, it's a waste of their time and your time and their money. Absolutely. And I don't want a client to have unrealistic expectations. So I really kind of set it all out in the beginning, you know, like this is acne is complex. It can take, you know, everyone's healing journey is so different. There's no like linear A to B path when it comes to dealing with acne. So I'm like, in the beginning, you're going to be coming in, in these increments, this is what we're going to do at these appointments. And I'll also try to schedule them out in advance for those treatments. So they're already on the calendar and Mm -hmm. they're getting those appointment updates. So I feel like they're a little bit more committed when you book them out. So they know that they have those appointments on the books. Right. That's smart. I love too, that you explain to them that they're going to be coming in multiple times because it's definitely not going to be like a one, one pill and you're going to be good. It's, it's a journey. It's, you know, it's not a sprint. It's definitely a marathon when it comes to caring for the skin and trying to get it to where they want it to be. A hundred percent. I will never forget one of my first more intense acne clients that I had starting out. She came in for a consultation and I was just being really real with her. And I was telling her about my own journey. And I was like, 
look, it, it took my skin about a year to get clear. And she had this look on her face where she was like, a year? <laughs> I have to do this for a year? And then you know, you have to be like, well, it may not be a year for you, but I'm just saying when it comes to that healing process of your skin, you know, this is not a one and done. It's not a see you one month, see you six months later type of thing. Like we're about to be in a long-term committed relationship. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and it definitely too can be very up and down. Like I know when I was experiencing really bad breakouts, like, you know, it would start to get better. And then there'd be days where it would just spike back up and I would break out more. And there were times it had to get worse before it got better. And so it's definitely a little bit of a roller coaster treating it. Right. Because you have to, you know, that cell turnover cycle is about a month ish, depending on your age. So when I'm explaining to clients about the process, I'm like, you know, it can take several months for your skin to even begin to regulate at a cellular level. So, you know, expect to get sick of my face because you're going to see it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I bet your clients are like really good friends. It's like one of those estheticians. (laughs) Yeah, I truly do feel like my clients at this point are like my second family and they all send me memes all the time. And it's just like, I feel like I should have a group text with all my clients, but that might be a little weird. <laughs> I love it though. It says a lot about you and, and how you are as an esthetician, I think for sure. I agree. And I love that it's important to you to help push the self-worth too. Cause I feel like not every esthetician thinks you know, to help encourage how their clients are viewing themselves emotionally, mentally, however. So I love that you include that because trying to care for acne and trying to go from having breakouts to getting to clear skin is very, it can be very emotional. So it is very emotional. I've had clients, you know, break down in my treatment room and they're just in tears because of how upset they are about their skin. And I'm sure a lot of estheticians feel the same way as me, but in dealing with my own severe acne, that's really what brought me to aesthetics in the first place. And I feel like because I had that own journey for myself, I understand and empathize how my clients are feeling. And I think it's important to guide them to that place of positivity because I've been in that black hole of despair because of what my skin looked like. And so if I can help someone else out of that black hole, then I feel like it's been a successful day for me. Absolutely. I think Crystal, you're one of the biggest advocates, one of the best estheticians out there that normalizes acne for the skin. Um, and I know you really talk about making sure that we, that we do normalize acne. It's something that we're always taught to cover or try and fix right away. But it's like, that is just skin sometimes. Especially as adults, you know, if getting acne as an adult is so rough because I feel like it has that stigma of teenagers get acne. Like you should only be getting acne as a teenager. So then getting that when you're an adult, it's almost like it hits you a little harder. Honestly, and I hear that a lot from my clients too. And I I think that- when you have clear skin for most of your life and then you get into your late twenties and all of a sudden you have these crazy breakouts, you're just like, I mean, what curse did I get put on me to deserve this? (laughs) And it's just like, 
Acne is so, so, so common. Like it's one of the most common skin disorders in the world, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's never really been talked about in a way where acne skin is quote unquote normal skin too. Like there's so many people that deal with acne on a regular basis, no matter how severe or mild it is. And just, I'll never forget being in that dark place of feeling like I had to hide my acne at all times because it would affect how people saw me in the real world. Or I let it affect relationships for a long time. You know, I had a live-in boyfriend of three years and I would literally wait for him to fall asleep. And then I would go and wash my face. And then I would set an alarm in the morning to make sure I was awake before him so I could get up and do my makeup. So he didn't have to see my like naked skin with my acne. He never saw my actual face in like three years. So if he's listening to this, sorry, bud, but <laughs> that's not, that's not really what my skin looked like during that time. <laughs> yeah, that hurts my heart. And you know, that there's a lot of people who are living that same way now. I, they truly are. And I feel like nothing makes me sadder to know that there are men and women out there who are canceling social plans or, you know, putting a filter on themselves during a zoom meeting or, you know, they're literally hiding in their room in the dark. Like I have done many times when I was struggling because you just feel like you are ugly and people aren't going to take you seriously or give you unsolicited skin advice, which y'all don't do that out there. Like if you're not an esthetician treating a client, don't give people skin advice. Seriously. Um, and yeah, skin dysmorphia is just so real now, especially after COVID and people spending way too much time with themselves at home and picking themselves to death. And now with the masks, it's a whole new slew of issues for people. So I feel like skin dysmorphia is really not talked about and I will shout it from the rooftops. Like if I get a big old pimple, I'm posting about it <laughs> because I think it's important that people know, even if you know how to care for your skin, you're going to experience breakouts. Cause that's just what acne is. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're definitely our worst critics. I feel like we're so hard on ourselves and the way we view ourselves or view things about our skin is probably nowhere near the way other people are looking at it. No. Oh my gosh. It's crazy because even as an esthetician, I really don't even notice acne on other people because that's just not what I'm zeroing in on. Like, unless you are my client and you are in my treatment room and I'm looking at your skin with the purpose of treating you, I'm not noticing really what's going on on your face. Like I'm just talking to you, the person. And I think that that is important to remember that you individually are zeroing in on what you perceive as flaws and no one else is. So having to change your mindset about how you view yourself versus how other people view you is really important too. Yeah. Crystal, I love that you do get on your Instagram and show um, anytime that you have, you know, an acne lesion or a texture. And I think that just goes to empowering others to also normalize acne texture disorders. Uh, I mean, I think anytime we have a chance to get on there and be like, it happens to me too. And this is my job, you know, because I've heard you say it so many times 
And it just is something that always sticks with me. You'd say that skin is not perfect. It's not meant to be perfect and it does not define you. And I think that is something that every esthetician should also be reiterating to our clients as well. Skin is not the Paris filter, you know, like there, we live in this society where everything's online, everyone's on social media, slapping filters on and filters are fun. Don't get me wrong, but that's not what real skin looks like at all. And acne is a part of having real skin. And again, I just will drive that home until I am like in my coffin on my deathbed. And probably even then I'll have, I'll get like buried with a sign that just says like acne is normal. And I think it's so, so important that people know that and just know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you're putting it on your Instagram and stuff because social media really can be very powerful. And that is one thing I've started seeing a little bit more of is people posting like, this is my real skin. This is no filter. Like, and just showing that confidence. I feel like that will really help others to just feel more comfortable in their own skin and to just realize that everyone experiences those things. Oh my gosh. I had this one crazy pimple on my chin. It was like this big hormonal thing that then like (laughs) spouted another little baby pimple next to it. And I remember like creating a little graphic where it was like the mom and the baby pimple and they're like a happy little family. And just even throwing a little realness and comedic value behind it, because like, it's just your freaking skin. It's acne happens. Pimples happen. Your skin will bounce back because it's smart and it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's all about your attitude. Like, I love that you did that because it's like, you could either be really upset or just kind of laugh at it and be like, sure. You brought a friend. It's rude that you're even here, but this is, you know, this is a cute look. I'm just going to embrace it. I love it. Well, and I, I keep wanting, I keep forgetting to get up to like jump in and say that if you haven't seen crystal's skin, it is beautiful. You, I mean, seriously, if you had bad acne before crystal, you'd have no idea. Cause it's, it's seriously stunning. Thank you. I have done a lot to it since my (laughs) acne has really calmed down. Um, But yeah, I feel like I really struggled with pretty bad hormonal cystic acne pretty much from 14 to my late 20s. So well, you couldn't tell your skin looks amazing. You've done a really good job of managing it and it looks beautiful. Wear your sunscreen guys. Yes. Well, in addition to that real quick, I do want to talk on a few of your favorite treatments for caring for some of the main aggravators for like home care. So I know with acne, we have to reduce inflammation. We have to reduce bacteria and then also exfoliate. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about what your favorite things are for home care specifically to reduce inflammation? So I definitely love talking about icing if necessary, because Honestly, y'all, icing your face is free 99. You can Mm -hmm. literally pull an ice cube out of your freezer, put it in like a paper towel and ice any super swollen inflamed lesions. And that's going to help take that swelling down, take the redness down. Instead of picking at your skin, you should ice it. And that will really, really help with that active inflammation. I'm also a huge, huge fan of, I'm sure you guys have seen those pimple patches that are everywhere the hydrocolloid patches, those really, really come in handy, especially for my pickers, because you can put that patch on an inflamed pimple and now it's got a barrier on it. It's not going to get affected by other 
environmental factors, but then if your sneaky little finger goes up to try and maybe pick it, which a lot of times you don't know you're picking, then you have that patch there as a reminder that's really gonna help kind of keep your fingers off. But then also just focusing again on that topical hydration, anything that's very um, antibacterial and calming like the fulvic elixir, I cannot sing the praises of this product enough. I am obsessed with fulvic elixir. I want to fill a bathtub with it and just like hibernate inside of it. And the living cell clarifier as well to really get those antioxidants in the skin. That's going to help just be a big drink of topical hydration and antioxidants to help calm that inflammation down. Life hack. Um, I love the pimple patches. I think they're phenomenal. And I love crystal that you recommend them to your pickers because that's brilliant. But if you're ever in a pinch and you don't have a pimple patch, they actually sell the hydrocolloid bandages at the drugstore for like blisters and stuff. Just cut one of those up and stick it on a bad boy. If you're like in an emergency. Oh yeah. I actually had a client tell me that they found some at, uh, the dollar store and it was oh. just like hydrocolloid patches. And I was yeah. like, Oh, maybe I'm taking a trip to the dollar store soon and stocking up on those bad boys. But that is yeah. such a good tip that yeah, the hydrocolloid has been used for a long time for wound healing and it's just at your local drugstore. Yeah. I mean, the pimple patches are so nice because they're like ideal size and thickness, but if you are in an emergency, it's way better than like digging at your face for an hour. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just go to your Walgreens and <laughs> get into the wound aisle and you can just make your own little cute pimple patches. Yes. Crystal, I like too, that you really push alternatives to picking because I always feel like when you do start picking, it almost makes everything just look worse. You know, you just start with this little pimple and then you mess with it. And now you've just got this big old red bullseye on your face. Right. I'm sure you guys have seen that meme. That's like, Ooh, I have this really tiny blackhead in the center of my forehead. Let me just pick it up for five hours and create like an open wound on my face. It's mm -hmm. fine because that's so real with people. Um, I am a picker. I feel like I like to say that I'm a former picker, but once a picker, always a picker. Cause I do feel that that ties into, um, just mental health as well. So if you're more stressed than usual, you know, you're going to be more apt to pick at your face. And so for my clients who really are suffering with picking, I always, always, always touch on different ways that they can try to curb that habit. Even if I'm like, just go to sleep with freaking oven mitts on your hands. I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> just <laughs> have a partner hold you accountable. If you live with someone, um, throw away your magnifying mirror because they're the devil. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, the icing is really nice too, because you're still interacting with your face. So that's a big part of picking, in my opinion, is that that need and desire to be touching your face, to have some kind of control over what's happening. Mm -hmm. So if you're icing, you're still interacting with your skin without traumatizing it. I like that. Interacting with your skin, maybe in a healthier way. We want healthy relationships yes. with skin, not toxic. Yes. 2021 is all about healthy relationships, skin and otherwise. Yes. I love that. So freaking good. Um, and then for bacteria, kind of like targeting and reducing bacteria crystal, what are some of like your favorite ingredients or products to kind of help target that? So honestly, uh, the OG like antibacterial product is benzoyl peroxide. It's been around for a long time and it's because it truly has such 
uh, a good effect on, especially like inflamed acne, like those, those more swollen lesions. So I love, love, love um, the Skin Med number five for um, a benzoyl peroxide product for my clients. Also the skin wash, they, it's benzoyl peroxide in a cleanser. Some people can have um, sensitivity to benzoyl because of how drying it is. So it's nice to have it in a cleanser option as well for that short contact therapy. So you're still getting the benefit of the benzoyl peroxide without leaving it on your skin long-term. Um, and then you also have your traditional mainstay, salicylic acid, always needs to be a part of the party. We love the skin gel. That is, you get that nice triple threat of, what is it? The sal, lactic, and glycolic. Mm -hmm. So you're truly getting not only that um, antibacterial benefit of the salicylic acid, but you're also targeting that overproduction of corneocytes as well by exfoliating with the glycolic and the lactic. Also, oxygen and sulfur are like the little, you know, redheaded stepchildren for bacteria, I feel like, because people don't really think about them. Yeah. But the ox all the oxygen products are fantastic. And I also love using the sulfur mask as a spot treatment for my clients' home care too. Oh, it's so good. That's the best overnight spot treatment besides the um, pimple pads is sulfur. So yes. good. Mm -hmm. Especially again, if your client is sensitive to benzoyl peroxide, because that is quite common, mm -hmm. sulfur is such a great alternative for them. Absolutely. So Crystal, what about, um, the sebum production, the over production of sebum? Yes. What are recommendations there? Ooh, so I don't know if you saw my, um, I have those skinfo videos where I talk about like different things regarding to skincare. Oh yes. And I love those. <laughs> so I have a whole video about why a vitamin A is bay. And it's because vitamin A truly is such a workhorse. It does so much for the skin, especially in acneic skins. Um, so introducing a retinoid, like the Glymed Retinol Serum is amazing to help combat the sebum production in the skin is so key because vitamin A can actually help regulate sebum production in the skin. So if you have someone who is dealing with acne, it's important to integrate something like that. And then the CBD products as well. CBD has been shown to have a sebum regulating benefit as well. Well, and the retinol too is going to help with that cellular turnover. So it's almost like she's helping with so much. Oh my gosh. Retinol is like your BFF. She is helping with your texture, with your, you know, your cell proliferation, with your sebum production, with your pigmentation, with your financial problems, like retinol just does it all. I love retinol. Vitamin A, definitely bay. Vitamin A is bay. I love it. You're so fun. It's, and I think retinol gets such a bad rap and it's because it's misunderstood or it's used improperly. Like it really is that long-term beneficial ingredient that everyone should be using in some form. Absolutely. I tell all my clients when they go on retinol, you have to give this eight to 12 weeks, no matter what, if you give up on this retinol before that time, you're not going to see any results from it because it is helping your skin regulate at a cellular level. And that's just not going to happen in a week. So you have to have to a use it properly under the guidance of a professional, whether it's a dermatologist or an esthetician, 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Make sure you're using your sunscreen, of course. And then also you have to give it time because vitamin A is not going to just be one of those things where you see instantaneous results like with, um, I don't know, like a hyaluronic acid, you get that instant plumping Mm -hmm. effect. You're not going to get that with retinol. You have to give it time. I agree. I think understanding that. And I love that you, you say that they have to be using it under a professional, whether it's a doctor, dermatologist, or a licensed professional, I, an esthetician that is brilliant. Everyone should be using that verbiage. And it really is something that they have to get through kind of that rough patch at first. And then it's amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like if you can just push through, I call them the retinol uglies, you're (laughs) going to come out a beautiful butterfly on the other side. I promise. That's so cute. I love that. So Crystal, speaking of retinol and how it helps with our cell turnover, what other recommendations do you have, or what are your favorites when it comes to that corneocyte buildup? Um, Chemical exfoliation, I think with AHAs is absolutely key when you're dealing with acne as well, because if you think back to that retention hyperkeratosis I talked about in the beginning, you have this buildup of that's happening deep in that follicle and it can't get out and get out of that follicle because you have that buildup on top as well. So if you're utilizing alpha hydroxy, excuse me, alpha hydroxy acids, you're going to exfoliate that buildup off the top of the follicle. So all that stuff can come up and out. I absolutely love introducing the facial hydrator is one of my absolute favorite chemical exfoliants, probably of all time. It is a good one. It's so good. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you. I feel like it's really under utilized. Oh, for sure. You can, the facial hydrator has so much. It has beta glucan, which can help stimulate those immune cells in the skin. I believe it has Arnica in it. So it's very calming to the skin. Like Facial hydrator is another mainstay for a lot of my acne clients because it has so many good benefits. And then I also love the skin peeling lotion. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I, I, I think it was the first time I went to the, um, the four day class that Glymed offers at the headquarters And I had never really thought about the skin peeling lotion. I don't know why I totally just like did not file it into my brain in any way. And Sarah, I believe you were the one leading that course at the time. And you were just talking about all the great benefits of the skin peeling lotion because of the resorcinol in Mm -hmm. it, which is a peeling agent. So if you have really, really impacted acne, like especially with closed comedones, that resorcinol is going to be your best friend. Absolutely. It's a hidden gem. I don't think any people know about skin peeling lotion. Oh my gosh. Like skin peel lotion, my whole body. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm right there with you, Crystal. I'm like, I want to bathe in this stuff. <laughs> Keep me young forever. Yes. Skin peeling lotion and SPF. That's what I'm taking to a desert island. Oh, I love <laughs> it. SPF always. I don't think always. we could ever recommend it enough. Um, I do think with the skin peeling lotion though, some people might he- read it or hear the name and be scared. It's not going to make you peel like a sh- uh, snake. Like Crystal said earlier, it's more of that like micro flaking. So you do see a little bit of that texture, but it's not like you're going to have like sheets of skin coming off. And so I think it can be a little scary sounding when people first hear about it, but absolutely. And I always like to tell, tell my clients, like 
use it for three nights in a row and then kind of take a break for a few days. You know, mm -hmm. like if you use it every single night, you will probably get a little bit of that like dry skin texture. But yeah, you're not going to be like peeling like an alien creature after using it just because it has the word peeling in it. Yes. And I love that you say use it three nights in a row because you do have to have um, consistent nights in a row in order to start to see the benefits. You can't just use it once a week and think it's going to do magic. It will help a little bit, but you do need a few consistent nights. Right. Like you can't just pop it on a pimple every other week and think it's going to do anything. True. And that's right. with anything, right? Absolutely. Well, I like too that you said to make sure to give it a break because you don't want to overdo it either. No, that's it's acne is such a like delicate beautiful dance with the skin, right? Like you're battling this inflammation and these other factors like the bacteria and the corneocyte buildup, but you also want to make sure you're not overdoing it with all these actives because that leads back to, if you dry out the skin, your skin can't do its job properly. Right. It's definitely all about that healthy balance. Absolutely. All right, Crystal, is there anything else that you want to recommend that we maybe didn't ask you, or is there something you want to cover or hit home before we end today's podcast? I really just want to drive home again, how important SPF is to acne clients. Um, you guys have a few different options. I personally love the gel options for my acneic clients because it is a little bit of that lighter consistency. And if you really just educate your clients and be like, Hey, I promise you SPF is not why you're breaking out. There's all these other things like your genetics that are making you break out. Mm -hmm. And the SPF is really just going to make sure that everything you're doing at home or paying for in the treatment room is not going to waste. Because if you're just having that excess UV exposure to your skin, just, it's all just going down the drain. So Absolutely. be very, very good about SPF. Right. And definitely educating your clients and communicating with them is so important. Making sure they understand why these things are good for them. Yes. And then also just, I think having a, an open line of communication with your clients is also very important. Um, I always give my clients, especially when we're on an acne program, my personal number, because I want them to reach out to me at any time within a normal hour range, right? I'm always like, please don't text me at 2 a.m. If you're freaking out about a pimple, it's going to be okay. But I do want to have that open line of communication with my clients if they have questions um, about how a product is making their skin feel, or if this type of breakout after using this thing is normal, or, you know, if, what do I think about the Mario Badescu drying lotion they saw in Sephora? You know, I want that communication to be open and that's just part of that relationship and that education with that client. Absolutely. I love that. It's important to have that trust there. And, and that I feel like helps solidify a lot of that. All right. Well, Crystal, oh my gosh, such great info, so much experience, so much comedy and fun and knowledgeable. I just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast today. You're amazing. Oh, this was so fun. This is actually my first podcast that I've done. So I appreciate you thinking of me and even wanting to me to be a guest on it. I'm so honored. Of course, girl, you killed it. You really yeah, nailed you, it. You, you definitely got, killed, you it. killed it. <laughs> well, hopefully we can have you back on because you're just so knowledgeable. And I feel like you share such powerful information in a way 
that is fun and it sticks with you and it resonates, but it's still like high quality education. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. Cause I feel like if you can't laugh about something, then you're just going to dwell on it. So I think education is important, but also just keeping things like light and fun is equally as important. So wear that pimple with pride, girl. Love it. All right. Crystal, thank you so much. And we will see you guys in our next episode. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We'll see you next time.